Hey, it's Fabian here, Youth Director of Harvest Church, Greensboro, North Carolina. This podcast is for youth, 6th through 12th grade. I hope that as you listen to this podcast, that you are encouraged and have a change of heart. So take some notes and lock in. It's time to grow. One of the most important things that you'll see when you look at the life of Joseph is his trust in God. Joseph went through many ups and downs, through many situations in his life, but there's only a portion of his life that's really recorded in the Bible. And man, you see so many different things happening to him, but you see Joseph maintaining a life that's honorable unto God. And so I want to cover Joseph tonight, and we're going to cover the topic of trusting in God. If you have your Bibles or if you're taking notes, which I highly suggest you do, um, so that you can go back to your notes. If there's something the Holy Spirit remind you of, you're able to go back to your notes, look in your notes and see what was actually said or notes that actually, things that actually stood out to you. You write those things down in your notes, whether it's in your phone or on a pad, whatever the case may be. Um, God is always speaking and it's always important, just as the people in the Bible wrote on their pads. You all should write on your paths as well, because you never know when those notes that you've taken might impact somebody else's life. Well, with Joseph, um, Joseph has an amazing story. Joseph is one of my favorites. So David and Joseph are two of my favorite characters in the Bible. Their relationship with God stands out more to me than anybody else's relationship in the Bible with God, other than Jesus. Um, But Joseph's And David's relationship with God is a a relationship that is based out on, based out of truly trusting in God. So if you're reading this story, or if you want to go back home and read the story, Genesis 37, 1 through 50, and then uh, it goes through chapters 37 through chapters 50. So that's Genesis 37 through chapters 50. And then you read through chapters 50, verse 1 through 25. I highly encourage you to read this story so that you can be encouraged. Again, we're going to go through some of the highlights tonight of Joseph's story. Um, And so I just want you guys to just really zone in, uh, have ears to hear tonight, um, incline your heart and your ears to the Lord tonight, and so that you can be ministered to. Um, Joseph was liked by his father. So Joseph had 12 brothers, 11, actually, yeah, 11, 12 brothers. There was 13 of them. And um, Joseph was one of the youngest ones. And he was really, 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 really liked by his father. He was favored by his father so much so that his older brothers were jealous of him. Now, their brother, his brothers did not like him whatsoever. They hated Joseph. They disliked him mainly because Joseph was a tattletale. But then Joseph, anybody know a tattletale? Or are you a tattletale? You tell it, you're a tattletale. You guys are tattletale. <laughs> you guys are tattletales. Yes, you are. Okay, so I was an actual tattletale growing up. Out of my siblings, I was the youngest, and I was, the, I was telling on them all the time because I saw what they were doing, and it was not good. Joseph kind of remind me of myself as a kid. And so Joseph wasn't liked by his brothers, but Joseph had two dreams, and both of those dreams consisted of, now these dreams came from God, and these dreams consisted of 
his brothers, his family, people bowing down to him at some point in their lives. And so Joseph had these two dreams communicated to his brothers and to their father, his father, of the dreams that he had as they were to going to, at some point, bow down to him like he was their ruler or their king or someone who is in major authority. And so the brothers did not like that at all. The father was like, are you saying that we're going to bow down to you? The father didn't like it, but he gave it some thought and he kept it in his heart. And so the brothers truly did not like Joseph at all. Now, at this time, Joseph was 17 years old when he had these dreams. He was a teenager, right? And so he had these dreams where God was actually communicating to him. And so when he communicated to him, Joseph opened up his mouth, communicated to his brothers, and his brothers, again, did not like what they heard. And so um, they, uh, you know, they began to make snarly remarks towards uh, Joseph, and um, they just, it just added to the, to the fire. So it gets to this point where um, Joseph, hit their, his brothers, they go and they take their sheep um, for grazing. So basically, if you don't know what that means, basically they took their sheep to where there was harvest, and so the sheep, or the, the, I'll just say the flock could eat really well. So they went up to eat in, in another city. I guess they had to travel pretty far for this to take place. And so Joseph is at home doing whatever his dad tells him to do, basically cleaning up whatever the case may be. And so Joseph's father, Jacob, who then was named Israel, tells him, hey, go to the city Shechem or Shechazim or something like that and check on your brothers and bring me back a report. So Joseph goes out searching for his brothers and he finds his brothers out there doing what they were supposed to do but the brothers saw him coming from afar. And at that moment, they began to make, again, snarly remarks, nasty derogatory remarks, remarks about their little brother, Joseph. They absolutely did not like him whatsoever. And so what did they do? They decide, you know what? Let's kill Joseph. Let's throw him. Let's kill him. Let's totally kill him. What's up? Yes, they threw him in a ditch. So they were thinking about killing him and they had a plan to kill him. But then one of the brothers actually spoke up and was like, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him into the, the pit or whatever. So they throw him into the pit and then they uh, take off this coat. Now, the father made a coat for Joseph, a special coat for Joseph. And they took off. Of course, Joseph wore the coat out there and um, they took off his coat, threw him in the pit killed some animal and put blood all over the coat and took it back to the father and said, Joseph is dead. He was eaten. And of course, Joseph's father had a, like a meltdown, like, man, my son, my favorite is gone. And so they basically left Joseph um, out to, out to uh, basically die. But then the story turns up, whereas they decided to uh, they saw some Israelites, actually, before they took the coat back to the father, they saw some Israelites come up, right? It was Israel, Ishmaelites come up, and they said, hey, uh, maybe we can not leave him in a pit. Maybe we can sell him to the Ishmaelites. And so they decided to sell Joseph into slavery, then took the coat back to the father and said that he was eaten up. So now Joseph is in slavery, right? His brothers turned their backs on him, wanted him done with. They didn't want to see him anymore, didn't want to hear his voice anymore. They basically sold, they sold his, their little brother 
for pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites, man. And it was just a sad, sad, sad situation that they would do something like that to their own blood brother. And so now Joseph is in jail. There's a lot. The story goes really crazy. But Joseph is sold into slavery. But then he is then sold again into slavery to Potiphar. Potiphar was the ruler. He was the main man in charge. And now Joseph had been thrown in a pit, sold into slavery, then sold again into slavery. And now he is a part of Potiphar's kingdom. But Potiphar, uh, he was a, Potiphar was a ruler and Joseph was now then working for him. So Joseph found favor in Potiphar's uh, sight. And Potiphar ended up giving him some authority. Well, you know, I guess Joseph was a stud. Like, I guess he looked really good. And Potiphar's wife wanted to have her way with him. And so she kept trying to get Joseph to uh, have an affair with him. And Joseph said, no, like, no, that's not good. I'm not doing that. And he finds himself after multiple times of uh, Potiphar's wife putting, putting herself onto him, he finds himself running the opposite way, and she ends up lying on Joseph, communicating to the guards and to Potiphar's, Potiphar that Joseph tried to rape her. And so, can you believe that, right? Joseph did the right thing, running away, not to, call, not to have an affair, and now Potiphar's wives lie on Joseph and say that Joseph tried to rape me. So now Potiphar gets Joseph, capture him, and put him in jail. Now Joseph, for doing the right thing, is now in prison. So he spent some time in prison, and um, he began to, you know, find favor in God's sight, of course, and begin to, um, um, you know, stand out amongst the rest of them. And so there was this guy that was in the jail cell or in the jail with him, and they were buddies. And there came this time where um, the buddy was, got out of jail. And Joseph told his buddy, man, don't forget about me. Please don't forget about me. Tell the king that I'm good or whatever the case may be. Well, the guy gets out of jail, leaves Joseph behind, and totally forgets about Joseph. So Joseph is stuck in jail. Um, but then the king of Egypt um, had some dreams, and the dreams were not good at all, right? Anybody know who the king of Egypt was? Pharaoh. Very good. Pharaoh had a dream, and he needed someone to, um, to tell him what these dreams mean. Well, the guy who left Joseph and forgot about Joseph, it came back to him that Joseph actually can tell dreams. And so I think uh, a couple years that went past when um, uh, uh, the guy, what, the, what's the guy's name? Pharaoh. I was going to call him Pharaoh. Pharaoh. When Pharaoh had these dreams, years had gone past, and the, this, this buddy, Joseph's friend that forgot about him, finally remembered and said, I know a guy. I know a guy who can tell you what these dreams are. And so Pharaoh summons jo Joseph out of prison to communicate the dreams. Now, Joseph tells the Pharaoh, I'm going through this really quick, okay? So I encourage you to go through and read the story for yourself because there's a lot of details that I'm leaving out. But Joseph uh, communicates um, and translates the dreams for Pharaoh. And basically, the dream was there will be seven years of um, uh, prosperity, you know, where 
Everything will be great. They will have more than they've ever had before. I mean, just great prosperity. They will be so rich, so rich, amazing prosperity. And then there will be seven years of famine, meaning that all around them, there will be no harvesting crops. I mean, it was just no one would be able to eat. There's just going to be some harsh times where people could possibly die from not being able to eat. And so in this moment, Joseph says about, uh, uh, what's his name again? Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, so what do, I, what do I do? What do you think I should do? And Joseph says, you know, in the years of uh, prosperity, build your storehouse. Like put all that you can, live off on basically as much as you can, and then put the overflow into the storehouses so that we have more than enough when the seven years of famine happen, we'll have more than enough to feed on. Well, everything that Joseph uh, prophesied that would happen began to happen. And there was seven years of, um, of prosperity and seven years of famine. Now, the story goes on after that, and we'll get into that, but there are three things that I want to cover tonight, or not tonight, well, there's four things that I want to cover tonight, but in a nutshell, the story of Joseph um, is basically this, to trust God. As you guys just heard, Joseph was disliked by his brothers. Anybody ever been disliked before? Not just by your siblings, by friends, family, uh, siblings, whatever. Anybody ever been disliked before? I have. In Joseph's story, the story is encouraging us to trust God even when we are not liked by others. The other thing that I get from this story is when things aren't going the way that you thought they would go. Now, remember, Joseph had a dream that his brothers would one day bow down to him. So he had great high expectations for himself. When things aren't going the way that you want them to go, stay honest in temptation. Stay honest in, in, in whatever situation you got going on, whatever circumstance that may happen. Trust God and stay honest. And then the third thing that I get from this story is when you make good decisions, you know, Potiphar's wife tried to have her way with Joseph, and Joseph said no. He ran away from her. That was a good decision on his, on his behalf. And so in making good decisions that represents God very well, even when you're on top and you're winning, like trust God in the low moments and in the high moments. Choose to trust God. Even if you lose everything, trust God. When you make good decisions and you turn away from evil, trust God. Amen? Let's pray. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness, your grace, your mercy, your peace that surpasseth all understanding. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that you are here and where your spirit is, there is freedom. So I thank you, Lord God, that true freedom reigns in this place. Not one life leaves out the exact same way that they walked in, but wisdom, revelation, and honor takes place. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Man. All right. So we're talking about trusting God, trusting God more so when you are not liked by others. And I just want to just point this out. Listen, and I, let me just start off by this. Everyone in this room, how many of you all are believe in Jesus Christ? Yeah. Raise your hand. If you believe in Jesus Christ, if Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior over your life, raise your hand. All right. So everyone in this room believe in Jesus Christ. So that means that you're a Christian. 
And so I'm just going to just say this right off front, because what's happening right now in the world is Christians are being persecuted in the United States, in your schools. Christians are being persecuted for believing in Jesus Christ. And I just want to encourage you guys tonight to do not be ashamed of your belief systems. Everybody got belief systems out there. Yours just happened to be believing in Jesus Christ, someone who actually died on the cross for your benefit, all right? That is nothing to be ashamed about. And what's going to happen is because you are not ashamed of Jesus Christ and or the good news, you will be disliked. People are not going to like you. Family members may not like you. I mean, you know, you just never know. You'd be totally surprised who may not like you because you choose Jesus over them. Do not be ashamed of being a Christian. And with that being said, do not expect to be liked by everyone you encounter. You're not going to be liked by everyone just because you're a Christian. You're not going to be welcomed by everyone. You're not going to be invited to every single thing. I know this sounds depressing, but that's why we trust God to supply us with every need, with everything that we need, the friends that we need, the people that we need to be surrounded by. As we see Joseph's story, his brothers did not like him. But in the midst of his brothers not liking him, he truly surrendered and trust God with his actions, with everything that he did. If you trust God, then trust God to speak to the tribe he has you in. If you truly trust God, okay, you might be like, man, Christians are fake. Christians talk behind each other's back. Christians are just not, you know, they're just uh, hypocritical. They are, you may have all of these negative things about other people who believe in Jesus Christ, but it's not your job to point it out. Yeah, you may notice it, but it's your job to trust God with those who believe in Jesus Christ. Trust God to speak to their hearts. That doesn't mean, again, guys, that your tribe will always treat you well. But when you trust God, you know, you can know and rest upon the fact that God is going to treat you good. He's got your back. Even in the highs and even in the lows, God will have your back and he will bring you out. When you trust God in the tribe, in the people that he has you around, the other Christian friends that he has you around, know that it's very possible that the change in their life might come through you. When you trust God and you're submitting to his word, and you're submitting to his will, it's very possible that the change in those who talked about you, backstabbed you, mistreated you, the change in their life might come through you. You never know. But what we can do is look at the story of Joseph because that's exactly what happened in his life. He ended up being able to change his family's, the course of his family's lives because he trusts God. He didn't veer to the left. He didn't veer to the right, but he stayed consistent on the path that God had for him. And the path wasn't pretty. It wasn't all glitz and glamour. The story of Joseph is crazy. I mean, let's just think about it for a minute. Like Joseph, who knows? Like we only see from age 17 on up, but who knows what his brothers did to him from the age of zero 
to the, his age of 17. Who knows what actually really happened? Like, we may not even know. Like, Joseph might, you know, might have been a kid that was, like, very zealous and excited for life and knew he had a relationship with God and excited about life and all the things that God was going to do through him and for him. But he also could have been a very depressed kid, dealt with a lot of anxiety because he was disliked by his brothers. You just, we don't know. We don't know that part of the story. I'm just painting a picture of two possibilities. But regardless of both possibilities... He trusts God in every circumstance, and he trusted the word that God God had given him, the dream that God had given him. As we stated before, we saw that we see in the story, in his story, that he was sold into slavery two times, that he was lied on and thrown into prison, that he was forgotten about by his friends, that through the ups and the downs, all of the crazy and wild moments, God was with him every step of the way. When he was in the pit, God was with him. When he was in the prison, God was with him. When he turned away from Potiphar's wife, God was with him. God was with him in the highs and in the lows. And I want you guys to know and trust that God is with you in the highs and in the lows. Yes, you will go through low moments, but if you trust God, he will be there with you and get you through. We all will go through moments. We all have gone through moments. I know you all have gone through highs and lows. But it's so important for you to understand the reality that God has the best intentions for your life. And he has the perfect plan for your life. Joseph's story is so amazing to me because we see the perfect plan of God for his life. But there were highs and lows, that it, some things that just did not look good. But we don't see Joseph getting angry at God. We don't see Joseph throwing up the fingers at God. We don't see him cursing God. We don't see the negative side of what we as people sometimes do to God when things aren't going the way that we want them to go. What we see is Joseph adhering to the voice of the Lord, truly trusting in God through every circumstance. There are three things that I've learned from the story of Joseph, really four, and I just want to cover those real quick. As I've stated before, number one, even though you know that they don't like you, trust God and what God tells you to do regarding them. Joseph's brothers took the flock out in a different city, and Joseph's father gave him instructions, as I've stated before, to go out and find out what the boys were doing and bring their report back to me. So Joseph knew his brothers didn't like him, but he did what his father told him to do. Do what God tells you to do. Regardless of what the circumstance, the situation may be, you know what the word of God says. Do what the father tells you to do. Joseph goes out here and he sees his brother from a distance. And like I said before, they talked smacked and they had this crazy master plan of getting rid of him. Do what the Father tells you to do, regardless of what it looks like. Proverbs 3.5. Proverbs 3.5 says this, trust in the Lord completely. Don't ever trust yourself. But trust in God completely. In everything that you do, put God first, and he will direct you 
and crown your efforts with success. When you follow God's instructions, don't give time to reason. Listen to me very closely. Yeah, they're backstabbing you. They're talking about you. But God told you to turn the cheek. God says, love them regardless. Love your enemies. Regard. Do what God tells you to do. Don't give time to reason, you know, to think about, oh, man, they said this. And I can't believe they said this about me. And they did this behind me. And they tried to start this fight with me and all this other. Don't give time to reason. Don't worry about all of that. Trust God in this situation, do what God, do what the Father, as Joseph did with his father, do what the Father tells you to do. Although, listen, and we're talking about long term, although it may take years before you see the fruition of you submitting to God's instructions, stay put. Don't get moved to the left or to the right. Just continue to trust God. Joseph proves that trusting in God, the trusting God factor, and how we see the story ends, Joseph ends up, here's the thing, he proves the trusting God factor. Because at the end of the story, Joseph ends up in charge of Pharaoh's engagements and everything. He ends up the second man in charge. Like, he had so much power, never lacking for anything, but having more than enough. At the end of Joseph's story that we have, only that we have in the Bible, we see him go through all of these turns and ups and downs and highs and lows to end up in power with no lack whatsoever. Are you following me tonight? When you truly submit to God and trust God, you better believe that he is going to bring you out with the best of the best of the best. Obeying God proves your love for him. Obeying God proves your trust in him. The Bible says that God gets so excited when we trust him. He is totally in joy and in happiness when we, when we trust in his provision. And I want to make God happy in every way that I can. And if trusting him is going to make him happy, absolutely, I'm going to do it. Number two, learn from them. Listen, every one of us in this room, um, we all have people around us, family, friends, who you know are not the best examples and are not living the way you know is best and, that, and, and, and totally not lining up with God. All of us have people that we know that way. We all have those people. Learn from them. Learn from them of what not to do. You don't have to experience every little thing in this life to learn what not to do. Many of you guys know my story. Coming up in Detroit, like, my family, crazy people. My family, I love them. I go and see them all the time. I do life with them whenever I get to. Man, I mean, you're talking about back in the day, drugs, guns, all the things, everything you can think of right before my face. And here I am, the youngest of them all, seeing all of this totally encouraged by, you know, the streets to dive into it and test it for myself. 
Here I am. Thank God I was just like you guys growing up in church. And I took the word for what it was. I took my pastor's teaching for what it was. And I was able to look at them and let them be my examples of what not to do. And all the things that they have gone through, I was able to use their examples for my benefit of knowing what not to do. Again, you do not have to experience things to learn from it. Learn from those who have made mistakes. Joseph had his brothers, guys. He had his brothers as an example of what not to do. I mean, let's just put two and two together. Joseph was the tattletale. So basically, his, he was known for being a tattletale. So basically, his brothers were constantly doing things that they were not to do. Therefore, Joseph goes back and tell on them all the time. All right, let's put it together. So Joseph's father knew that Joseph was a tattletale. He was an informant. So he says, hey, son, go see what your brothers are doing and bring the report back to me. They weren't doing the best things all the time. That's why he had to tell on them all the time. Joseph's brothers were his examples of what not to do, of what not actions to take. Again, you don't have to do what the world is doing to learn what the world is doing. You can watch from the sidelines and see what they're doing, seeing what's good and what's not good, and make your decisions based upon that without doing what they have done. Seeing my family, you know, being drunkards, seeing them throw up, falling all over themselves, fighting each other, you know, um, drunk. Their example was my example to learn from. You all know people. And you can look at these people's, those people's lives because you know what's right and what's wrong. You can look at those lives and you see the turmoil and the things that they're going through. You can look at their life. I don't want that life. Learn from them. Proverbs 12, 15 says this. A fool thinks he needs no advice, but a wise man, a wise woman listens to others. I would say that all of you all in this room are wise because you're here tonight and you're listening to me talk. But we've all heard the saying of actions speak louder than words. Actions speak. What you're doing, a person's activity and actions tell a story without even saying anything with your mouth audibly. Your actions are speaking. My family, their actions were speaking very loud to me. Therefore, I knew what not to do. And I took, I took heed to my pastor's voice and their teaching on the right way to do things, the right way to go. Actions speak. Learn. Learn from the examples. The Bible has many of them, many examples. We can go through so many examples in this Bible of what not to do. Hundreds, right here. That's why we have the book. Number three. Again, number one. Even though you don't like them or they don't like you, you know that they don't like you, trust God and do whatever God tells you to do regarding them. Number two, learn from them. Learn from your, your examples. You don't have to do what they've done, the negative things that they've done to learn. 
Learn from the sidelines. Number three, lead them. 1 Timothy 4.12 says this. 1 Timothy 4.12 says this. And this is the anchor of this youth ministry. This is our scripture. Don't let anyone think little of you because you're young. Be their ideal. Let them follow you or follow the way you teach and live. Be a pattern for them in your love, your faith, and your clean thoughts. So the people that don't like you, the family members that are doing all kind of crazy bad things, the friends that are doing all kind of things that are not like God whatsoever, lead them with your good way of living, with your good attitude, with your good way of speaking. Lead them in a positive way. Let your love, your faith, and your clean thoughts lead them to God. At the end of the day, as believers in the good news, is we get to carry the good news and be good examples of what good Christians are supposed to be like. We can lead others to Christ with your life. Why? Because your life and good actions are speaking very loudly. Your life should be an example to all of what's right to do. Yeah, your submission may not be, you know, to God may not be liked by everybody. You submitting to the, to the Lord and doing what the word tells you may not be liked by everybody. People may call you a holy, I don't know what they call you guys now these days, you know, if you're a Christian or if you are choosing the right thing to do. But I will guarantee you, as I've said before, I will guarantee you that they will remember you for the good that you've done, for the love that you've given. They will remember those good things. Listen, don't be remembered for the negative things that you've done in your life. Be remembered by the good thing. Lead others in a good way. Joseph led his brothers. At one point in this story, Joseph led his brothers to learning what true forgiveness really looks like. When we get down in the story, guys, you know how Joseph prophesied seven years of prosperity and seven years of famine? There's the seven years of famine that happened. And people all over their area were in need. And word got out that Joseph, Pharaoh, had more than enough to sell. Well, you know what that means. Joseph's brothers, they were in need. So what do they do? They go up to where Pharaoh's land is and they go to do some shopping because they were in need of food. But they had to face Joseph first. And so here's the moment where they end up bowing down to Joseph. Now Joseph prophesied that they would bow down and here's that moment. They come to bow down to Joseph but they don't even remember what Joseph looked like, you know, because somewhere between 13 and 15 years had went past. But Joseph recognized them. And so long story short, he sees his brothers and he totally goes into turmoil because he then remembers all of the bad things that they did to him. 
and how they didn't like him, and how they planned to kill him, and they threw him into a pit, and then they sold him into slavery. Like, all of these things started to come back to him. And he's like, those are my brothers. And they did this to me. So the prophecy actually comes true. Joseph now deals with the fact that they need him. And Joseph goes into this place of turmoil, this tug of war of forgiveness. So he goes back and forth and he sees them. And, you know, he's just like, man, what do I do? Do I tell them who I am? Do I throw them in jail and be angry at them? Like, what do I do? So he ends up like accusing them of something and throwing them in jail because he didn't want them to leave. He throws them in jail for three days. And during these three days, he goes back and forth communicating with them and basically accusing them of, accusing, accusing them of things just to buy himself some time because he was in this tug of war of forgiving them or not. And so we finally get to this place where Joseph is having dinner with them. He pulls them in. He's angry. He just doesn't know what to do. And he's also like, man, my brothers are here. So he summons them into this dinner. And in this dinner, he's having this tug of war of forgiveness. He's like, should I tell them or should I not tell them? And so we're at 45, 1 through 8. I'm going to read this real quick. So he goes through and have them dinner. He's accusing them of certain things or whatever the case may be. And things are really hot at the table. And they still don't recognize that it's Joseph. And so Joseph says this. He couldn't take it any longer. So he kicks everyone out except his brothers. And he says, uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going, to, I'm going to end right here because I want you guys to come back next week to find out what happened. <laughs> or you can read it. Or you can read it yourself. To be continued. Stand up. Stand up. I didn't intend to stop it right there, but there's more to the story. At the end of the day, Joseph's story is a story of trusting in God, truly trusting in God and the highs and then the lows. And now he's at a place in his life where he has to either choose to forgive or to not forgive. Bow your heads and close your eyes. I hope that you all in this moment tonight understand the power of truly trusting in God and knowing that when you truly trust God through the highs and the lows, that at the end of the day, if you trust him, you will come out on top.